I am so excited that we are now releasing all of the conversations we've had during the expansion tour. This first one is a very special conversation between Dion Ivory, who so many of you know and love, and myself. It's also special because it is the last time for now that you'll be hearing from Dion and myself in this way. As many of you know, Dion has expanded and has started an organization, The Body A Home For Love, which is so very necessary for Black women, survivors of sexual assault, and sexual violence overall. And so she is tending to and nurturing that phenomenal organization and community. And we are wishing her nothing but the best and excited to see the ways that Black Girl Known and the Body Home for Love will continue to support and intersect one another. With that being said, we hope that you send Dion lots of love. We hope that you take in her wisdom here and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Black Girl and Ohm promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash. And Dion Ivory, thank you so much for listening. So before I introduce Dion Ivory... I wanted to mention and give gratitude for one of our phenomenal partners for this tour, Foria. Raise your hand if you've heard of Foria before. Awesome. Probably from Black Girl and Home. Or like maybe outside of it. I'm not sure. But Foria, they have a phenomenal product, Awaken. It's right up here. You can take a peek at it afterwards if you haven't yet seen it. They are a pioneering hemp and cannabis brand that is committed to nourishing health and sexual wellness for folk perhaps like me who for various reasons were repressed or conditioned to feel as though you know having a sexual relationship with our own bodies and tapping in our own sensuality was bad or like something to be feared or something that just made us nervous and like a little teehee this is a really great I think introductory product to consider adding to your wellness routine (laughs) so Awaken has in addition to CBD which actually can eliminate any tension or or pain, both in terms of sexual intimacy with the partner, but also perhaps with yourself. It also has different botanicals and aphrodisiacs that are infused into the product that help you feel all kinds of things. Okay. So... Foria has been super generous with our community and they're offering 20% off. So use the code expansion tour 20 if you're interested. And it's not just for Awaken, but it's to all their products. They have this amazing pen that I also use. It's CBD in it. And they have some suppositories that you literally insert to alleviate cramps during your menstrual cycle. And then they also just introduce a new suppository for use during sex. So There's so many things I could say about them, but it is also the world's first and only natural arousal oil that is made with a blend of broad-spectrum CBD and botanical aphrodisiacs. So it's really special. It's really rare. And we had a conversation on the podcast earlier this season with Dijanae Evans, who's here with us, Miss Green Goddess Glow, all about cannabis and CBD. So if you're like, I don't even know what CBD is, go check that episode out. (laughs) It basically just allows you to return back to a state that all of us should be in, quite honestly. Our body produces natural 
cannabinoids, which I've been learning from Dijonet. And so a lot of the times when we're either using the full plant or CBD, the feelings that we get, whether it's ease or the sense of a high, is actually how we should just be feeling more of the time. But because of the stressful conditions that we're put under all the time, those things have been depleted from our system. So it's a really interesting thing to just start to educate ourselves about things like CBD, things like cannabis, and again, brands like Foria are really leading the way and shining light on how we can start to implement more of these things just as part of our lifestyles and the ease and the joy and the pleasure that can come from that. So, wanted to mention them before I forgot because they're amazing. And now I have the pleasure of introducing Dion Ivory. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you, boo. So, you know, I could just say my own stuff, and I will about Dion, but I want to make sure I do her justice and really share about some of the amazing things that she is cultivating in this world. So Dion Ivory is a traveling wellness creative, inspirational speaker, influencer, and multidisciplinary artist whose work centers and celebrates black women. And we, most of us here know this. Widely recognized for her striking portrait photography and authentic influence in the creative and wellness industry, she has partnered with brands like Apple, Glossier, Nike, Netflix, and more to create visual experiences through visual storytelling. And her unapologetic yet in in it, girl, I can't say this word. Dang, I was trying to say it, but I forgot it. Let me read it. <laughs> Inimitable. Her unapologetic yet inimitable presence. I got that from Chelsea, your best friend. She oh, called me that, so I said. You know what? Shout out to Chelsea. She's an academic. We need her here <laughs> right is. now to translate. I think it's inimitable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that presence has made room for her as a powerful speaker. She has led workshops and delivered keynote presentations for universities, photography conferences, and brand activations. In 2018, she was awarded her first artist grant, the first of many to come, through Visco Voices, which led to the start of her nonprofit, The Body A Home for Love, a wellness and healing space for black sexual assault survivors. Dion is a multifaceted black creative and servant leader shifting culture through mindful creativity and authenticity. And let's join together in welcoming her. Thank you. Wow. So, you know, this, this tour and these conversations that we've been having on this tour have centered what it means to expand. And girl, since I've known you, you have always been in a season of rapid growth. I blink my eyes, I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> oh wow, oh wow, like constantly. Thank you. You know, both with your personal journey and with your journey as an artist, and obviously those are intertwined, you know, but like you're just always, I don't know, I just think about like a caterpillar and the cocoon and the butterfly. So actually with that, working with that metaphor, what stage do you feel like you're in right now? I am definitely a butterfly. I am definitely a butterfly. Yes. If I wasn't before, baby, I know now. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. So tell us more about, and you can, you know, take us wherever you want to go. Like, tell us more about some of the stages that you had to be kind of honing your energy, your creativity, um, and your spirit to get to this this butterfly stage? That is a really, really great question. Um, so I would say for me, a lot of introspection, which I talk about all the time, and like personal reflection, I am a questioner. Like, I'm very curious, I'm very inquisitive, and I feel like I have to know everything in order to kind of like move 
you know, towards the next phase of my life. And God has been teaching me the value of just relying on him completely, knowing that, like, if he gives me a vision, he also makes provision. And it's okay for me to just step out on faith and go where I need to go. So that's been really beautiful, kind of just realizing, like, okay, that's my daddy. You know, he's kind of giving me this freedom to dream without a ceiling, and because I don't have a cap anymore on, on where my vision takes me or where my vision can lead me, it's like I just feel so completely supported and just powerful all over. And then also, I mean, regarding my personal life, I think that coming into an awareness of the ways in which I've made trauma-informed decisions has been extremely helpful in me becoming a butterfly because I realize that I have to cultivate self-love and I'm being extremely mindful, intentional around that. And the more love I give myself, the more I'm able to pour out into other people and the more I'm just able to like trust God in my decision making. For so long, I didn't trust my brain and I didn't trust my thought process because I was very unsure of myself because I've gone through a lot of trauma. And so when you go through trauma, sometimes you don't know what to believe. And you just kind of feel like, you know, you're just there or you have some sort of paralysis. And so for me, being intentional about the conversations that I have, surrounding myself with beautiful and brilliant black women who pour into me spiritually and creatively has been so instrumental in my growth. And I'm just so grateful for it. And I think that understanding that freedom is also being able to like stand in my power. Like I used to, (laughs) we talk about this all the time. I had an issue with self-advocating for so long because as a child, I felt powerless because my power was taken away by a grown man. And so you kind of like allow that to control your adult life sometimes, you don't even know it. And so this season really has been about me being more vocal and being more comfortable and like standing up for myself and realizing that when I don't do that, I'm shrinking. So, and I I tweeted something today um, and I was just like, I've implemented this amazing practice where I'm always asking myself, Dion, are you shrinking or are you expanding? Because it helps me to be accountable to my growth and it helps me to realize, or it brings an awareness to when I'm playing small. And I'm like, that was not God's will for my life that's not God's will for anybody's life to play small like my existence is affirming enough that I'm, I'm powerful that I'm brilliant that I'm all these things and I should not abandon myself I shouldn't abandon my purpose or who I'm called to be out of fear you know what I'm saying and I should no longer give my power away to men or anybody who quote unquote intimidates me like I'm just as powerful I'm just as important and valuable and so cultivating that for myself I feel like has been helpful in me creating a space to just be bold and audacious and all these things. Yes. Yeah. And we see it. Thank you. Know? You. you can see it. It radiates off of you. I appreciate that. It's so beautiful to witness. And I mean, just continuing to go with this butterfly idea, mm-hmm. there's this, um, this moth that's in Madagascar and there's this like whole legend around it. But this moth is, and I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, but it looks really just basic. You know, if you just glance at it, like you wouldn't ever be like, look at that moth. But when it's right next to the light and only when it's right in the sunlight or next to an actual lamp is when you can see its brilliance. I love that. So it's a reminder that there's like, you were suggesting like God did not intend on any of us to play small and to shrink from our possibility. And so the only option is to let yourself be truly seen. Absolutely. And I feel like one thing that's so powerful about you is that you do allow for us to see 
you and all of you, you know? Like, certainly there are certain things, you know, to keep, like, this is for me, you know? But you share a lot about your trauma, but then you share a lot about your triumph, you know? You share a lot about what makes you so just wonderful and fabulous and like you're (laughs) unapologetic about like claiming it but in a way that invites us all to be like I'm fabulous too Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm amazing yes exactly yeah absolutely (laughs) and you know like you're just known for like boosting others but it's like we all just boost in each other so when did you perhaps first start practicing this awareness of like I'm special and unique and like let me claim that and not be afraid of that. Because we can oftentimes, you know, especially as black women, we're kind of conditioned to have this competitive yeah. image. And like, if you're beautiful and fly, and I'm beautiful and fly, one of us has to leave this room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, girl. Yeah, that's a word. I would say for me, around the time that I moved to Chicago, and I decided that I wasn't going to go to work anymore. And I was just like... Lord, I don't know how you're about to do it, but I mean, I need you to provide a way because I know that I'm called to something greater and it ain't no nine to five. Like my personality conflicts with that all day long. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be colorful. I want to wear my nose ring. I want to do what I want to do. And if you're trying to tell me not to do it, no, like it's not. Boop, Boop. exactly. (laughs) Um, And so I had to realize that being an entrepreneur, like, man, you have to have a solid foundation because this is not for, you can't be playing games, you know what I'm saying? And you have to be strong mentally. Strong mentally, but also vulnerable, also transparent, also honest with people. Um, But I had to make sure that when I went into this space, especially being surrounded by you all, like I came to Chicago and I was just overwhelmed with like the brilliance of black women. I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And so it's just like, okay, Dion, you've also need to count yourself in this number of like brilliant and beautiful women. You can't shrink, you can't feel like you don't belong. And one thing, I'm so like unique in my own way of doing things. And I think people recognize that. But at one time I used to think that that was like a weakness or that was something that didn't make me magical. And God was like, no, continue to show up in that fully because that's what sets you apart. You were supposed to stick out like a sore thumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, be in your power and things like that. So I think that me having to make sure that like I recognize that authenticity is my superpower, which is something that I always say, helped me to, to be confident and... Girl, you're saying all the things. Okay. I was just like, what girl? Okay. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, realizing that authenticity is my superpower and that in that was my magic sauce. Yes. And not running from it, not shying away from it. And then I feel like one thing that I love about Beyonce, and someone said this on Twitter, was that she doesn't make you want to be her. She makes you want to be the best version of yourself and I was just like oh yes that's what I want to do that's you know what real. I'm saying like because I feel like you know I show up with my bundles you know what I'm saying I'm feeling myself it's all that you know what I'm saying but I feel like <laughs> yes thank you for the clap because it's real um <laughs> but I feel like it's so powerful for me to like show up and show people the power and like how God made them I always want to make sure that people see themselves the way God sees them and that's like all powerful all glorious is, and I'm like hell-bent on doing that. So whenever you interact with me, I'm going to give you 100% of that because I want you to know that you are just as powerful. And just because I'm fine, girl, tell me you ain't fine. You fine too. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, girl, so that's what that is. Girl, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you all write that down? I'm fine too. <laughs> Please First of all, that reminds down. me of that Lloyd song that people kept trying to fine, fine too. Uh-huh. But I, I want you. you. <laughs> <laughs> We're ridiculous. 
<laughs> yeah, we should oh play God. that after we this. We should, though. That's a bop. That is a, a classic bop. Lloyd. <laughs> wow. Uh, I knew we were going to go off on some tangents, and I was ready for it. I was, like, welcoming it. Um, yes. So, wow. You as an artist, because what you were just saying about affirming that we, and you know, by we, I'm talking specifically about black women too, that we know that we are fly, we are beautiful, and we are uniquely created made and created. Made, yeah. That is why all of us who have had the extreme pleasure of being documented by you for your portrait photography, for whatever, that's why we walk away being like, wow, why was that a life-changing experience? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just having someone like, like you and be like, okay, bye. Yeah. You're literally creating this like energy around the experience that allows us to feel beautiful as us. Not like looking at the photo like, oh, if I only would have had this or if I only would have... It's like, no, like... However I brought it to the camera, (laughs) she allowed me to see my beauty in that. Mm, I love that. And so for you, I mean, I think even your journey just as a photographer is really fascinating. Like, I remember when I first met you and discovered that you had only started shooting, like, a year and a year and a half prior, I think it's really beautiful for more people to hear your story around like the lens and like why it is that you do what you do and the way that you do it too. Yeah, I I love that beautifully, you know, like formulated question. Um, I would say for me, I've always viewed art as my ministry. You know, I feel like God has called us to different things and it just looks different. And mine was just through art and also through my personality. And I feel like with photography, it is my way of serving my community. And so one thing that I'm very intentional about is creating an experience where women walk away feeling something that I didn't have a chance to experience growing up because I struggled around self-esteem. I struggled with loving my black identity. I struggled with being, quote unquote, dark skinned in the South and you know, it just, it, it just, it was just problematic. And I was just like, I don't want any other woman to experience this. So I'm going to do everything in my power through my art to make women feel like their best selves. And so with my photography, I think it's so beautiful because I started out kind of like, oh, I like taking photos of beautiful things. And I really didn't know what I meant by that. I just like saying that. And I was just like, okay, I feel like it's going to make sense, you know, along my journey. And I realized that I was like drawn to black women, which was kind of shocking for me because like I said, I struggled with like loving my black identity. And there was something so healing about me taking a photo of a black woman and seeing her in all her glory and being like, that's a mirror. Like, this is my sister. She's, she's able to embody this beauty and this confidence. And I'm like, Dion, you do too. So it became like a therapy session for me. It was like, I was, you know, I'm in my photography sessions or whatever. It's a whole experience. I got my Beyonce and Rihanna plan. I'm going to gas you up from left field. You know what I'm saying? You're about to walk away feeling like you're the finest thing since sliced bread. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's just how I do it. Because like I said, it's my form of ministry. I'm like, you're whole, you know, you're beautiful, you're brilliant. And I just want you to know that because when you feel powerful and glorious, like you make better decisions, you know, you are able to love yourself way better. Um, You're able to just attract better for yourself because you're just in a more positive state of mind. And so because I know about the psychological effect that affirming your sister has on you or on other people, it's just like that is something that I try to do. And even the way I shoot black women, like I love skin. And and, if you follow my Instagram, you see it. It's just like, 
lips and like arm and like skin and like all these things. And I'm just like the delicacies of black women, especially because we've been painted to be these aggressive, irate beings, which is also fine too, because honey, there's a time to be angry. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like I show the duality of what it means to be a black woman. It's like I'm strong and I'm resilient, but that, that also ties into me being vulnerable and intimate. So I feel like my photography is like a, a visual description of what black woman's experience is. And I feel like I do it so beautifully from my soft color palettes and like the grain. I used to be like black women in good grain. I remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just, I'm very intentional about creating like a Mona Lisa image with all the black women that I have because you literally are a work of art and I want you to know that and it's just like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it well you know so when women come and they're like do you know what I'm honored to be shot by you I'm like it's not even just about the photograph it's about the experience that is what it's all about because we're creating this bond that's so powerful and you walk away feeling better I walk away feeling better and it's just a happy it's just a happy story it's a happy ending. That's so beautiful. Thank I mean, you. many of us in this room have been more than once blessed by that experience with you. Thank so you. Thank you. And many Absolutely. more to come. Yeah. Many, many more to For come. For sure. So, what you were sharing about your awareness that we as black women have been presented in one way, you know, there's yeah. this narrative of us out there, and you're really intervening and interrupting that narrative to show us in greater multidimensionality. Absolutely. That gets me to think about your phenomenal organization, The Body of Home for Love. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many folk really know the trajectory mm-hmm. of like how it came to be mm-hmm. and where it is now as well. And I know oh, yeah. you have some visions for it that I haven't even heard yet. Girl. So whatever you want to, you know, wherever you want to take us, but I would really love to give space for you to share like the blossoming of it and how it came to be yeah um so last year visco had this their first also, i can't believe it was last year girl, i know girl like a decade ago Dad, i know girl life just it zooms by i still am like what nigga when you said last year <laughs> oh y'all i say the n-word so oh i'm sorry wow when that you just said last year though i legit was like nah girl you're probably gonna say it again it's fine Woo, woo, okay. <laughs> um, girl, what was I say? Okay, so. 2018. <laughs> 2018. Oh, child, that was a lifetime ago, girl. I was, <clears throat> I was married out here in these streets. I was in Chicago. I, I don't even know who that woman, girl, who is she? Where is she? I don't know. But um, so in 2018, Visco had their first grant program through Visco Voices. And all of my friends were like, Dion, you need to apply for this grant. And I was just like, girl, no. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I didn't want to apply to it. But anyway, the last day, I was just like, okay, let me do it. Because I'm just a last minute person, which you definitely know. (gasps) Woo. (laughs) But I get things done, though. So Done well. Yes, and done well. But uh, so I applied, and I'm up there. I'm like, ooh, okay, what am I going to do this grant thing about? And I was like, ooh, I can, show, I can showcase the beauty of black women. And God was like, girl, you do that all the time. Like, basically, stop being basic. Like, go deeper. And so I heard him say, you should do it a- around sexual abuse. And I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. And it just kept coming to me. And, like, when my conviction is there, I just cannot abandon it because I just I know I'm being disobedient and that just doesn't feel good. I'm all about alignment and I'm like, if God is telling me to do this, obviously on the other side of me saying yes, there's something powerful about this. So I was just like, okay, I'll do 
this about sexual abuse and I'm also a survivor myself. So I was applying and I was like, oh, okay, I'll use the money to like travel around the US and like interview women, black women specifically around their healing journey and like their stories around sexual assault. And so as soon as I clicked submit, God was like, it's yours, you, you got it. And I was just like, a bit, you know, obviously it had to materialize, but I, I was just like, I, I feel like that's what he said, and, and so that's what it is. And um, I was sharing this with some people who was in my workshop the other day. Yes, thank you, baby. Um, <laughs> so I was doing this project with H&M. I was in L.A. at the time, and I was getting my makeup done by this woman who did Beyonce's makeup, right? It was wild. It was wild. And so I got the call from Visco, and they were just like, you got the grant. And I was just like, ah! Like, I was shocked, but, like, not really shocked. So I was like, God done already told me. You know what I'm saying? He done already told me this is mine. But I was still like, oh, my God. And so the girl who's doing my makeup, she's crying. And I'm just like, you don't even know me, but I'm so happy that you're sharing this experience with me. She's like, oh, my God. And I was like, girl, you have done Beyonce's makeup. That is the win right now. That is the win right now. Um, <laughs> but so, girl, we were just happy. Whoop -de -woo. I was just like, yes, I got this $20,000. It's about to be on and popping. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. You know what I'm saying? That's why saying yes was so profound. Yes, it was, girl. We were talking about alignment this morning. I just wanted to pause and just acknowledge yeah, yeah, that, yeah. underscore that. That's what walking in alignment is. Like, Absolutely. When you have the voice, it's like, mm, not so much, but when you have the bigger voice, it's like, this is for you. Saying yes, because it wasn't just about, which that's big in, big in and of itself, to get the opportunity. Right. It's about what was going to come. Right. Which is just epic on so many levels, even though, oh my God, the process was, was insane. So I got the grant and um, I started the, the six month journey. So I interviewed 13 to 15 women who had been sexually assaulted. And, you know, I, I thought going into this would just be way just more easeful simply because I failed to address my trauma all my life. You know what I'm saying? I had always looked at my sexual abuse as something that happened, but it's just like, it didn't really happen to me. Kind of like an out-of-body experience. And that's how I experienced all the things in my life. From the wins, Lauren and I, we had like the Essence shoot and like me having this, this worldwide Apple campaign. And people were like, oh my God, Dion, like all of these amazing things are happening. And I was just like, isn't that cool? But I wasn't able to be one with those experiences because I realized through talking to the women that I was so disassociated. And so I wasn't able to experience pain. I didn't allow myself to experience pain from my trauma, which also meant that I wasn't able to experience joy either because you can't have one without the other, which sucks. But that's just the way the life is. So I was just like, dang, that makes a lot of sense. And then I also started to learn about like love and abuse coexisting or not being able to coexist. I grew up watching my mother get beaten and um, my family has history with sexual abuse, you know? And so for me, internalizing all those things and being sexually assaulted by my stepfather and, and kind of like equating inappropriate touch with love, there was just a lot of unhealthy behavior patterns that I had cultivated, a lot of unhealthy ideologies I had cultivated, but I didn't know that because I didn't really talk to anybody about it because in the black community, talking about sexual abuse is still taboo. So so when I was able to talk to these women and, you know, they would share how it's, it's um, difficult to experience sexual pleasure or, you know, want to show your legs off or your, or your arms off because you feel like someone's going to blame you for luring this guy in, you know what I'm saying, or you're, you flirting or like whatever, whatever. So it was a lot of things that happened, which made me, not I wouldn't say made me, but it allowed me to just be more aware around my decision making. 
And then I was also experiencing things in my marriage that was not aligned with love or joy or what it means to be in a partnership with someone who truly honors and respects you. And had it not been for those women in that project, I don't think I would have had the courage to leave. But on September 22nd, I flew my best friends into Chicago and I drove down back to Texas. I didn't want to go there, but I was just like, I can't be here anymore. And, you know, my life changed. And so it was hard. It was very difficult. I mean, I was indulging in self-sabotage. I was just like, you know, I started this project. Now my whole worldview around everything is shifted because I didn't, because now I'm processing my trauma. You know what I'm saying? Now I have to kind of sit with all of these emotions around what happened to me and the fact that I felt like my mom didn't take up for me and like, you know, my husband at the time, like not necessarily loving me the way I should have been loved. And standing in my power was a difficult thing because I wasn't brought up to do that. Um, And it was very foreign to me. And I'm so grateful that I had sisters to walk with me alongside this journey because a lot of times when people process trauma, it's isolating. Like it's a very daunting experience. And so with the body of Home for Love, one of the things that we aim to do is kind of shift the narrative around how black women heal and black women healing through joy. You know, because we don't often hear that. It's always like, like I said, an isolated experience and you're just terrified and you're being met with judgment because when you share with people, they're like, well, what did you do? How, how could you let this happen? Why didn't you stop it? Da, 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 da. And it's just like, no one really understands what it means to be a survivor. There are so many things that goes on in your mind. And because people can be insensitive or, you know, they are deeply embedded in patriarchy, it's just, it, it's a problematic experience. You know what I'm saying? And so... Here we are today. I skipped a whole, a whole bunch, but the body of Home for Love now. I remember I was in the car and God was giving me all these spiritual downloads. And he was just like, I hope you don't think that the body of Home for Love is just this beautiful project where you're going to do one art exhibit and that's it. This is going to be its own entity, its own world. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. You know, and so he was just like, you know, you're going to be writing books, you're going to be traveling, you're going to be empowering women, whoop de whoop de woo. And I was like, okay, that sounds lit. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, okay, I don't know what to do, but okay, I trust you. And all of a sudden, like, things just started coming to my mind around what the Body of Home for Love is and where we're going. So as of right now, we are an official nonprofit as of July 3rd. Yes. God is so good. And we are a nonprofit organization that curates healing experiences and safe spaces for black sexual assault survivors. And I say black because we have a whole set of disadvantages and our stories are so nuanced. You know, it's like we need that attention because, I mean, obviously, you know, we're very inclusive. And if you are if you resonate with the body and you're not black, that's fine. But we have an emphasis on the black female experience because we know what's up, baby. We know what's up. So, (laughs) you know, and so through art and community and through wellness, which is all the things I love, we transform public spaces into experiential activations that impart healing rituals to black women. And one of the things that's so important to me is I get so excited about, I've been dealing with insomnia for the past three weeks because I look forward to waking up the next day to work on the body. Those spiritual shifts. Yes, girl. I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, but I'm so excited. Um, But one of the things that I value as an art director, and I just want to say thank you, Lauren, for allowing me to show up for BGIO and just... Okay, okay. Stop touching me. I'm about to get that lump she in my throat. She has lump in her throat. I'm done. AKA tears. AKA tears. I'm just... Cry. I'm, no, crying. No. I don't want to cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm very emotional. Ah, I'm very emotional, but I'm trying to, you know, hold it down like a G. So, um... <laughs> 
<laughs> I do want to thank you for allowing me to show up within Black Girl in Ohm and like just essentially share my interpretation of what Black womanhood is and Black Girl Joy and Black Girls in Wellness, like what, all of that. Like you just said, come in, girl, and do your thing, and you trusted me completely. And that was such a transformative experience, and I'm not the same woman. And I'm done, because I feel through. I'm done with that. I'm done. I'll respond to that later, because you're in your flow. Okay. I have all the words. Okay. I have all the words. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I'm very intentional about is that I want to make sure that as we're curating spaces for black women in marginalized communities, that we're creating these healing experiences in beautiful spaces, because I feel like poor people aren't invited to pretty places. You know? And I feel like society can be very biased and partial when it comes to who we show up for and how we show up for them. So with the body, like, I'm just so, I don't play games when it comes to aesthetic. And some people are just like, no, that really doesn't matter. No, yes, it does. Because when you're in a beautiful place, it does something to your psyche. And I feel like for so long, black people who are at the bottom of the socioeconomic class are used to being underserved. You know, you have these raggedy buildings or you just get what you can get. And, and for me, I grew up poor. I know what it feels like to go without. And I now know what it feels like to be on this side where I'm in this abundant state of mind and I'm able to eat what I want to eat and go the places that I want to go. And for me, I want to bring that to black people who aren't able to have that type of access. You know, it's like your healing is important to me, but how you heal and where you heal is just as important. So through the body, I'm very unapologetic about how much money we're raising, you know, because I'm like, I want to produce things at the highest level. You know, you think about Glossier and their pop-up shops and Refinery29, and I'm just like, the people who come to those experiences, I'm happy that you have them, but y'all already got money. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I think about my little sisters who are back in Dallas, who ain't got much money, you know what I'm saying? Who don't get to experience the things that I get to experience. And so through the body, I want to be able to curate these high level, high quality experiences that have been reserved for people with money for so long to black girls and say, you are also worthy of this as well, in addition to your healing. So phenomenal. Thank you, boo. Yeah. Um, so with the body, a home for love is just like, we want to launched this global wellness movement where you feel and you cultivate a home within your body, but also within the spaces that you occupy. And I'm just so excited and so blessed to be a servant leader in this way because I've been poor. I've gone through trauma. I've gone through sexual trauma. And it's just like, I feel like I'm a mirror of all of these women. And I'm just so blessed that God is using me as a vessel to do this because it just means so much. And I, I just, I'm so grateful. So that's the body of home for love in a nutshell. And 2020 is about to be explosive. My wig is about to go over there because <laughs> the world ain't ready. When I tell you the world is not ready, like shifting culture, Alongside you, Lauren, still, that is what we're doing. And it's for black women. And I'm just so excited because, like I said, boys ain't ready and wigs about to come off. <laughs> Dion Ivory. Wow. I mean, girl, like, I, just to respond to the gratitude that you gave me, like, my heart is full. Like, I'm always so, girl, don't look at me like that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what you just said, about like 2020 and all this stuff and that we're still together. Like, I always think about, I've increasingly lately actually thought about how many of us are like orbiting around each other, literally like the planets, you know? Absolutely. And how many of us like black creative women, like intent on shifting culture, intent on healing, you know? And the specificity that 
you have been able to, with God's guidance, channel your intention is so remarkable. And it's just so, like I said before, like always this evolution, always this evolution. So I've seen over time how you've like laser focused your intention and how like you mentioned, that's led to your own healing. And that's so important. Because like we can be out here shifting culture, sharing intention for other people to step into it, but we also have to really always remain rooted and yes, grounded and absolutely. like focus on ourselves. You know what I mean? And it's like in focusing on ourselves that naturally ripples out and aids in and assists the mm-hmm. the healing and the love yeah. and like the necessary shifts that is so desperately needed, especially for black women. And so, yeah, it's so profound that you're shifting in these phenomenal ways on a personal level and also with the body of home for love. And I'm just, wow, like 2020, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, but I'm not ready at the same time. Um, at the same time as Black Girl Gnome also doing these shifts. You know what I mean? It's like not a mistake. It's not a coincidence. It's like so divine and it's so exciting. And the ways that you contributed to Black Girl Gnome will be forever felt. Forever, you know? Um, I mean, you're right. I was like, yeah, you come in here, do whatever you want. Because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I just knew it needed to look beautiful. To your point, we share that. We share that same like passion and conviction for like Black women are worthy, deserving of beautiful things, experiences. It's not boo. It's not like, oh, this is only for... It's like, no, we deserve this. Yeah, we do. Because it's a reflection of who we are. Exactly. You know what I mean? And we have for some time been led to believe that like it's not worth it or that it's just, it's not something that's like important. And it's like, it is. Absolutely. It is. It absolutely. You no, know, that's one reason why when I travel, I always share about what I'm experiencing and boost how amazing it is. I'm like, all y'all need to be putting this on your bucket list. All y'all need to be thinking about like what it means to like go and immerse yourself in nature, immerse yourself in the ocean, eat amazing food. That alone is healing. Cause we were literally like our, you know, well, I can't speak to all black people cause we're all around the world. But that's, <laughs> or is real. But like for those of us who have also like histories within the United States, you know, many, not all, but many of our histories are also tied in with slavery. And like literally that is a subhuman way of living, you know. So thank you for all the ways that you just affirm the, the ways that we are beauty and we're beautiful. And because of that and because of our alignment with love and like God's vision for who we are in our lives, how much we need to just claim and reclaim beauty for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And I'm so happy that I even met you and that like, even in our awkward way of meeting through Tammy, (laughs) through Tammy. Yeah. Through Tammy. Like I, I don't always say this, like had it not been for you being obedient to the calling upon your life, Mm -hmm. I don't think other women would have had the power to do that because your representation is so important, Lauren. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful for you, like I said, standing in your power and doing what needed to be done, even when you had no other representation, you know what I'm saying, at the time. You pioneered something great. And like I said, I'm just thankful to even call you friend and to share in this vision of helping black women see themselves in a way that's so transformative. I mean... What you just said right now, be your friend. So it's so interesting, y'all. Dion and I have known each other for, like, what, four, five, six? Mm. So Black Girl Gnome is five years, and we started interacting when Black Girl Gnome. 2015. Yeah, so, like, five-ish You know what's so crazy? I 
was supposed to be doing something with Netflix, right? Oh, yeah. Let's tell this story. Like, I was supposed to be traveling for Netflix for two weeks. I was an art teacher at the time. I don't even know how I was going to do that. But This was back in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> they hit me up and it was like, oh, my God, we love your work. We want you to do this thing. And I, I didn't end up getting the gig. And so I was so annoyed because I was just like, oh, my God, I want to fly around the world. At that time, I wasn't traveling. I had never been on a plane at that time. And I was very upset. And so... Black Girl in Ome had... We're celebrating our one-year anniversary. Yes. And we had invited some really amazing people that had contributed to the platform. And Dion had um, shared this really beautiful... Like, that was... Was that the first time that you actually opened up about some of the... Oh, yes, that was. This is yeah. so full circle right now. Yeah. Oh, my and God. you shared some photos Oh, my God. Well. And we just loved you. So we were like, we're going to invite her. But you know those invitations where it's like, this person's not going to come, but I'm going to invite them because I want them to know that I would like them to come? Like, we didn't expect her to come from Texas. Yeah. And I flew there. And she flew there, but she only was able to come because Netflix was like, no. Literally, <laughs> right? And me coming there. And, um, it, and then when she said yes, I was like, it's going to be my mission to get her to move to Chicago. <laughs> and Miss Queen Manifester, I mean, her dreams came true. Because I was in that thing, what, a few months later? In that thing. Yeah, I got married, and three days later, my husband and I moved up to Chicago. And I remember he was like, you, Lauren, Zakia, when she was still on the team, y'all are going to be like the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Trinity, Godfather and the Son. And I was just like, okay, nigga. But, and then it happened. It happened. But, like, it's just so beautiful. So, you know, I mentioned that, and I love that you shared that, to reflect on, like, how it's okay that relationship dynamics change over time. Yeah. Because, like, so Dion and I, like, essentially, like, our friendship was always also rooted in, like, a creative dynamic, too. Like, a creative partnership, creative collaborations. And so, I think, well, I'll speak for myself. Like, I did get attached to that. I was like, yeah, we're always going to be doing this thing. You know what I mean? And it's always going to be in this way. Uh -huh. And, you know, we've gone through some shifts in the past several months, and... I've realized like how a part of, I believe God's plan was also to have us have that very powerful chapter together. And now we're shifting into this next one. And we understand more about what the other is going through mm -hmm. on a creative level, on mm -hmm. an entrepreneurial level, on a spiritual level. Yep. And we're shifting into this chapter where it's like, we're focusing more on our friendship and on our sisterhood more yeah. than ever before. Yeah. And how necessary that is. Yeah. Cause you need people who like get, the things that you're going through. Yes, we <laughs> definitely need that. Like, and I'm I'm very grateful. I can call you up and be like, girl, this branch I do whoop de whoop de woo. You know what I'm saying? We give each other the game and yes. it's great. Yes. Or we ever talk about niggas. Men. Yeah, we did. Fine men. We recently, which is also great. Yes. No, like so she recently came to LA and she came over. I thought you were about to share something. I was like, girl, don't maybe. go. Oh <laughs> she's like no, so I was talking about how when you came over, and remember we vowed Ooh. to not talk about work, though? Oh, And that yes. was, like, rare, y'all. Yeah. Like, we was just, like, no work. And we, yeah, we talked about men's We did talk about men. Men's. And it was great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you need that balance, though. Men and, and, and work or whatever. And we're, I mean, girl, we used to be workaholics. I still yes. kind of slightly am. Yeah. But. Well, it's because it's ingrained in you. We got to actively work against it. But yeah. that's another thing that we've connected on and that I know that there is a purpose in our connection to like mirror each other yeah. and then to also encourage like sis slow down do you know that like you literally did enough this month to last you the rest of the year like that, yes oh my god down. yeah yeah mm -hmm. for sure for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. yeah wow well girl what are you excited about 
Let's, okay, because we've been talking a lot about your journey as an artist, a body home for love. All those are such beautiful things. What are you excited about on a personal level? Mm. Where, where are you, what do you envision for 2020? Just, just that is a great you. question. I would say, for one, moving out of Texas, God, it is, y'all, people are like nine to five and families. And I'm just like, I am not on that tip at all. And so even though it's beautiful, it's not necessarily where I am right now. So moving out of there is definitely what I'm excited about. So I, in 2020, I am moving to a place, a special place. And I will let you guys know when I get there. And so I'm definitely excited about that. I think I'm also excited about just kind of having this alone time with the Lord. Like I have been so just extremely invested in all the things that I'm doing because I love it so much, but I need to make sure that I'm staying tapped into the source at all times because that is where my vision comes from. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And the minute I step out of that is when I'm stepping out of my purpose. So obviously me me being in, stepping into the world as this newly single woman, it's important that like also therapy, I need therapy. I need it. And so I'm excited about therapy, excited about um, cultivating my relationship with God, and then also creating another community in the place where I'm going, because I'm just excited for that. Like, I love meeting new people. I love learning. And I just kind of want to see myself in just a new light. I don't know. I want to see and experience the most healed Dion that there is, because I deserve to have that. And just like all of you deserve to experience what your life is like when you are healed, when you're not a bag lady, you know what I'm saying? You know, it is your birthright to, to pack light, to walk light. And I feel like when you know that and you own that, you know, your journey to like restoration will be so much easier. So that's essentially it, girl. I'm just trying to eat good, trying to stay snatched. You know what I'm saying? Trying to manifest projects with ease and not do the most. And also I'm trying to cultivate a life where it ain't got to be on Instagram all the time because I'm sick of that. I'm tired of it. And then also establishing this wealth that allows me to just like live off of my ideas while also empowering and investing in other black women because I think that that's so important. Like I want to work with black women, but I also want to give them an opportunity and a space to show up in a way that brings them joy and in a way that that can be financially sustained. So like I'm just excited to do all of that. Invest in women, grow spiritually, heal, eat good, stay snatched, and... <laughs> um, Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord, girl. Live my yes. best life. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait to re-listen to this a year from now and to see all the fruit of that. Ooh, girl, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. So beautiful. And I love what you talked about in terms of tapping into the source. Yeah. Because as those of us who notice that we're on the glow up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's career or anything that we have said, like, this is what I desire. And then it actually comes into our lives. Yeah. Being grateful Absolutely. and giving thanks and always remembering that it didn't just fall out of the sky. It did not at all. You know? Yeah. And yeah, tapping back into that as much as possible. That's and so it, beautiful. It is. And it's important too because God has been telling me or showing me too how distractions can be good things as well. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, ooh. And so there's a lot of things that I can that I say yes to that I probably shouldn't, but just because it's not bad, I just say yes to it. But it's just like, God is like, no, it should be great and it should be in my will. So like, 
I'm trying to make sure that I'm like walking in this way that's really aligned so that people can get what they get. Because it's not about me. Like the journey is beautiful, but I'm like, I'm not able to see the bigger picture. And if I'm walking over here and he's just like, girl, you need to be walking over here. It's just like I'm missing the people that I should be, you know, I'm serving. So tapping into this source, like I said, that's so important. I'm like, Dion, don't stray away from that because straying away from that will just destroy the whole calling. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really want to invite some community questions, yeah. insights, anything that you all want to share. Ask Dion, and we'll get a mic sent over to you. So just raise your hand and please share your name as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Joel. Earlier today, before you came in, Dion, we were discussing alignment. And I remember there was one BGI episode where you guys were discussing manifestation and Dion, you shared the story of being an art teacher and how a fellow teacher, I guess, commissioned you to draw something for their grandmother. And that commission gave you the tools you needed to start your journey. Yeah. Uh -huh. The literal tools, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the literal tools. So as I'm sitting here listening to you, part of manifestation through alignment requires obedience and trusting God, especially when things don't make sense or an opportunity comes up that you didn't expect or weren't ready for. So... How do you tap into source? How do you listen to God and say yes, even when everything else like doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and other people are telling you no? I think that understanding that I have a limited view, it's like I have a limited view. I can't see everything. That logically it makes sense. So for something bigger to come and tell me in my spirit that this is where I should be moving, it's just like, who am I to tell you no? You see the bigger picture. And also you're orchestrating things on my behalf. And so I think that trusting God's track record for me has been instrumental. It's just like, girl, he has not failed you since. Like He's not going to fail you now. So even when, I mean... So when I was married, right, I was making more than my husband, even though he had a stable job. It was it was, it was popping. And um, but I was just like, oh, you know, I, the fact that I got to create out of choice was also a blessing. Because It was like if I don't I don't have to do this if I don't want to. But I am and I enjoy it. So when I was contemplating leaving, I was just like, well, Dion, you know, if you leave, you can't create out of choice anymore. You know, what I'm saying because if things fall flat, you don't have a husband you know, to go to and just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to just chill here for a few months. And so I was just like, God, this doesn't make sense. Like, why would I leave this stable relationship? Right. And he's just like, girl, first of all, that is not your source of like provision. You know what I'm saying? He is not your ultimate caretaker. I am. I've been since inception. So I think for me, it's just like, you know what? You're right, Lord. I like when I graduated from high school, I was making $600 a month. That was how much my rent was. And I had friends come and take me grocery shopping every week. I was eating luxurious meals every single week, eating fruit, eating things that I, I feel like I shouldn't have been eating because I didn't even have the money to do it. But I, in that time, I think before becoming an entrepreneur, God was trying to show me that, look, even when you feel like you don't have, you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am the God of abundance. I am the God of resources. So even when you're not getting things directly sent to you, there are people who I have in your life who are also going to make sure that you have what you need. But that's me. So I think that, like I said, trusting God's track record, knowing that he is yet to fail me, it's just like, oh, I trust you. You have shown yourself. I mean, even though you ain't got to, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you've shown yourself time and time again for me. You're not going to stop that because that's, that's your nature. That's who you are. So trusting that God is who he says he is has been big for me to walk in alignment with what he tells me to do. Thank you. I have a part two. Sorry, guys. It's okay, girl. Um, <laughs> Lauren also brought up the fact that your expansion has been quite rapid, right? Mm -hmm. At times, does it feel as if it's too fast for you? Like, whenever you feel like God's giving you this blessing, you're about to settle down into it and just make the best use of it. And then something else comes along. Do you ever question the pace at which God is moving you? Oh, girl, absolutely. 
I mean, I would say this year, you know, separating from my husband, even though my growth has been rapid, like not every single part of it has. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's important to note. Like I had to sit down because I was I was literally taking five flights a month, traveling all over the place, not sitting still, not resting. And so I wasn't able to grow spiritually. I wasn't to heal, you know what I'm saying? And like sit with myself. And so this year, it's like, yes, my expansion was very rapid, but it was also, it manifested in a different way. And I feel like God is very intentional about that. And then also like right now, I think, I think that things are happening fast. I'm just like, whoa, God is like, stay ready. Stay ready. You had your season of sitting down and like me sewing and pouring into you. So now you're transitioning into a different season. You know what I'm saying? The harvest is different. So make sure you stay ready for that. But girl, I'm always questioning things. I'm a questioner. I said that from the very beginning. I'm like, why? Why? Why this? Why that? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And he knows that about me. But I mean, uh, like a part of having faith is realizing that you don't have to always have the answers to go. Like, girl, just go. Do what I I say. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be blessed in the end. So did that answer your question? I feel like I was all over the place. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) That was also beautiful. I wanted to chime in about trust as well because I realized actually last weekend during the Boston expansion tour and like all the time around that, that my next lesson, I mean, there's always several, but one of my next big spiritual lessons is to learn to practice (laughs) trusting God fully Mm -hmm. because I have been focusing on trust in general, as you know, because we had a conversation, had a conversation with several of my people in this room about trust this year. And my best friend recently reflected back to me because she's one of my mirrors that like I generally don't trust people. And I was like, oh, my God, of course, that makes sense. So I then trust this year has been a focus for me because I didn't trust before. And so then the next level to that is actually trusting God. And like I should just be trusting God already because God has been moving in my life. He has. Everybody can be in testament. It's you, boo. Exactly. That's why I'm like so shook about it. But what I wanted to say was um, what you were saying around like human perception, right? And there's so much that we can't see. That really is about control in a sense. And so many of us who have also experienced trauma of various kinds since a young age are fearful of the feeling of not having control. And so it's this thing where we have to really like nurture ourselves and love ourselves while we're jumping off the deep end, you know, because I think especially as black women, it's not as easy as just being like, let's just release and like, let go, let God. That actually like feels so terrifying. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) it does. Bills to pay and like people depending on us for X, Y, Z. And so it's like this practice of like greater self love and talking to ourselves like you actually going to be all right. You know, because I can be the biggest person who's like, just jump in, heart open, like, just do it. Because I do that. But it's also like tending to ourselves during that season. Absolutely. Like taking care and like figuring out what that looks like. Because it's different for all of us. You know? Yeah. That's a good point to make. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else has something to add into the room? Beautiful. We have someone all the way in the back. Hi, I'm Vanessa. I've actually written a couple of articles for Black Girl Unknown before. Like, I love you guys. Uh, hey, Vanessa, thank you. <laughs> what have your articles been about? Yeah. Tell um, us so we so, can look it up. Um, the first one was really around the difference between self-love and self-like, because I also hit a wall in 2017 where I was like, I love myself out of obligation, but I don't really like myself. Uh, <laughs> Girl. So... Um, word. Uh, <laughs> all right, we all reading that tonight before we go to bed. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a member here at The Wing, and one of the things I did when I first started was started hosting these quarterly 
breakfast for black women because in the Bay, black women really aren't seen very much. And um, the question I have with you is really thinking about like a lot of what you've been talking about is your personal journey. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about journeys as communities, in particular in communities that are being attacked from all sides and in particular are sort of hard because they're super distributed and not necessarily cohesive in places like Chicago and LA. So what would be your insight in thinking about how and thinking about a journey and sort of being in that source and like processing that as a community together, particularly when it's rather difficult, uh, what would you sort of suggest or recommend or how to do that? Processing as a community. Processing as a community or sort of journeying mm -hmm. as community to, to really sort of listen to that, that voice. And because I do think that there's a lot of conflicting voices that come at black women in the Bay Area and they're largely negative. And so it's also just hard to you know, I live in Bayview now. That's a black neighborhood. It's the only black neighborhood still in San Francisco. Um, and, and Oakland just isn't what it used to be. And so I think having those like literal locations like are few and far between in a place like this. And so I'm just thinking about what does that look like if it's not as readily available? I'm laughing because you... <laughs> you know, I always nod my head. I'm still processing the question. Yeah, me too. It was like so many things I think to touch on. I might actually still be a little bit hazy on the question, so I'm going to like sure. tell you what's on my mind and you let me know if this is not at all what you're trying to get response to. Um, is this like a question of like leadership? So like I'm noticing that there is a need within this place and I'd like to respond to this need, and so how can we cultivate that? I might not. Do you understand? Yeah. Partly, but I don't even want to answer because I'm sure I'm way over there. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, just no, work no with us because we want to respond to you. I'll be clearly like process in my head too. So basically, what I'm thinking about is like being able to receive a spiritual download is about being in a place where you're inherently like supported and where you can have that introspection and have that space and clarity to be able to hear these things. But I think as a black woman in the Bay Area, it's really hard to have that space because, in general, I feel like when you're in the sort of minority minority, like it just, be, and every, there's a lot of noise around you. And so I think thinking a lot about like, well, how can we cultivate more community to have that space for that sort of processing to allow those downloads to come more readily. And so what would you recommend? Like if community is sort of dispersed and therefore there's just a lot more noise and a lot less sort of space for introspection, like how can community be cultivated to allow that? space to have that happen um yeah so I've received spiritual downloads during the seasons where I've been supported but I've also received them when I've been alone you know both in terms of black girl and ohm as well as the body of home for love previous communities that I've led that Dion's led we have created these from a place of need you know so when I was in Chicago for the first year I was literally looking around for my people for a whole year I was in a miserable job. I was like, why am I here? I had a handful of friends, but they were all PhD students. So they were like all in the ivory tower reading books. You know what I mean? Like we weren't hanging out. My best friend and I reflect on that whole first year. We like never saw each other, you know? So I literally created, I received a spiritual download and I looked around and I said, this doesn't exist. And then I got about creating it. So I know what that's like. And it was only after I started walking in alignment with the voice that had told me black girl and home that I started to magnetize all these people around to it. People are always like, how do people start finding out about black girl and home? I was like, word of mouth. I didn't know anybody in Chicago. I didn't know anybody. Like literally I was like, oh, people are showing up. How are they showing up? You know, Samira over here. Where's Samira? Right over there. 
Samira was at the first Black Girl and Oh, people are waiting on you to respond to the thing that keeps you up at night that you're annoyed about, about the Oakland, San Francisco area that people are leaving the city for. People are waiting for people to like, and I know what's happening, you know, it's already happening, but like people here everywhere, all around the world, we need our own spaces and we need more black women who are like, I'm going to create this space, whether it's in my house, like literally we, I was doing like potluck situations called food church once a month paying for it to happen because it needed to happen. You know what I mean? Um, and I know the Body at Home for Love, it's the same True. thing. Like, yeah. you received the download and you created what you thought it was going to be and then you received another one. God was like, it's going to be much bigger than this and more sustained. Yeah. And you said yes and you continue to tend to it. Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, I believe that periods of, I don't want to say isolation because it has such a negative connotation, but you know those seasons where it's just you, you and God or you and who you rocking with. And... Um, I feel like those moments of like being alone and sitting still is, is definitely an amazing time for you to have a, a, a spiritual download. I mean, with the Body Home for Love, like I was just like, you know, a lot of healing platforms that I've seen regarding sexual assault can be so they can extend the trauma a bit, not intentionally, but it's just how they do it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to show people that you can thrive in the aftermath of your trauma. That's been my thing since day one. And like you said, because you don't see it, you have to create it. I feel like and when you know that, that's God telling you, hey, create this thing. You're going to solve a problem. So even if you don't see it, I think that it's exciting to be like, oh, wow, this is a this is literally a time for me to create space for something that I know my community needs. And also digital communities. I mean, you have to start Never with what you have. Never underestimate that. Oh, yeah. Don't underestimate, underestimate that at all. Before I even joined Black Girl and Ohm, like physically, it was on my community that I resonated with. Um, so I, I believe that start with what you have and then... If you need a physical space, create that space. So, I mean, yeah, it was in addition to what she said. That's what I have to share. I just want to echo this really quickly because something in Black Girl and that's happening that's so, so special is the fact that we're starting memberships and really facilitating these networks. And so it's going to be a really awesome opportunity for you to be able to find, I mean, first of all, these are your people. Like we here, or I don't technically live here, but they're here. <laughs> Y'all are here. But um, one of the things that's happening in Black Girl and Ohm right now, right, right now, is understanding that our community needs even more attention and ways that you can connect to each other like this. And so, look, stay on alert. You're gonna get you're gonna get noticed about this because it's coming and we're very excited about that. So this tour even is, we've never been in the Bay. We've never, have we? we well, never no, been, I've been here, but not for like a Black Girl and Ohm, Ohm official right. gathering like this. Yeah. Like a Black Girl and Ohm event. And this whole weekend has been about the Bay and we have been intentionally cultivating coming to the Bay since last year. And so it was only a matter of time before First of all, you probably manifested this sidebar, like sidebar. You probably, you, you know, because you don't have to tell somebody like I've been wanting this. I've been wanting this for it to come into your life somewhere in your universe of thought clicked something in this universe of thought. And we're here. And the fact that we're continuously wanting us to connect to each other more, which is really, really important for what needs to occur. So I think as a sort of asterisk to the lovely explanations, I would also let this community know that Black Girl and Ohm is going to be a continuous place where you can go for the support 
on a regular basis with content, with probably more content from you too. And <laughs> your, your, your people are here. Thank you for that, Tiffany. And in regards to that too, and then we'll go to the middle. It's something that I have to zoom out of because it's been five years now, so I'm so used to it now. But like something that is very special about Black Girl and Ohm is that we are this like universe that draws people together. Like friend, there's friendships in here that are lifelong friendships that have formed because of Black Girl Gnome, you know? And there are people who have sparked ideas that have led to sustainable businesses because of Black Girl Gnome. So the membership experience that we're gonna be offering is to provide space for all of you, regardless of where you are in the world, to have those kinds of moments of connection and awakening and further inspiration to spearhead your own communities on the ground, local to where you are as well. Hi, my name is Mimo again. Um, Vanessa, I actually talked to Andrea Campos, the event coordinator, and she's brought up your name because she wanted me to partner with you today. It's so crazy. I literally talked to her. Uh, it's divine. Week. I swear to God. And your name came up and you said, oh, I put on the black woman breakfast here. Um, I run Coco Coalition. I don't know if you've heard of us. We curate brunches around the Bay Area and also nationally for black women to come together and have raw dialogues. And literally just reached out to us. And then she was like, oh, I'll ask Vanessa and we can maybe connect you. So I just wanted to kind of speak... Oh, that is, yeah, that is really, really wild that that is just like, I just wanted to mention that because I am excited that this is happening and we're going to continue to create it. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. Energy, magnets. It's divine. Sabrina over here, also a Black Girl Gnome contributor. So my question is really centered around sustainability and how all of the projects that we're all working on, including myself, I have a full-time nine-to-five, which in and of itself was very hard to accept because I have been freelancing and consulting for the past five years. But I will say that I, I work at the Maryland Institute College of Art, and it has been completely transformative working in the innovation space, working with, there's five black women in our office, um, two white people are the minority, which is another shift in and of itself. Um, I think we're all going through something um, really transformational, which is good and hard. And as I think about your stories and the projects, just really, can you speak upon how this is sustainable and how you're able to continually create space to create and make work and amplify things that truly matter over and over and over and over again? I'm just, I'm, I'm in deep thought. Um, I would say that sustainability is like the most integral part of all of this. Because, like, you can't do anything if you ain't got no money. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like learning for me. So I am a multi-hyphenate creative. Like, I do 5,000 things. People ask me what I do. I don't know what to tell you. I do what I do. And I center black women. And, like, I'm, I am sustained by the community I serve. That's what I, you know, that's what I say. Because it's hard to describe it. But I do recognize that. There are certain things that I do that I don't necessarily have 100% love for, but I love it enough to do it. And that may be the thing that brings me the most money. You know what I'm saying? And just because I, I love it, 
I'm like, okay, I can continue to do this thing because it's going to bring me the paychecks that I need in order for me to create space to do what I actually 100% love. So like, that's one of the things that I do to like sustain myself financially. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just really like that. I just, like I said, I do 5,000 things at any, I got a check coming from somewhere at some point in time because I do so much, but just making sure that I'm always like creating space to bring in revenue, but being strategic around which partnerships that I want to do that's going to bring me what I want. You know what I'm saying? And that's in alignment with like the vision that I have for the project that I actually love. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, do I'm doing things that bring me the checks, even though I'm not doing things that I hate, but I'm doing the things that brings me the checks so I can do the thing that I actually want to do that may not bring me the most check, but it brings me the most joy. So I think that finding that balance is how I have sustainability. And that's like a very real thing that all of us as creative entrepreneurs have to figure out on the journey. It's like in the beginning, I'm sure you're the same. Like, and I look back at like the ways that I made money the first few years, which was working at a restaurant. (laughs) You know what I mean? Literally the first two and a half years of Black Girl Gnome, I was like working 40 to 60 hours in a restaurant. And I started to view that as like the investor into my business. You know what I mean? Rather than like, I can't believe I have to be here right now serving these like annoying people drinks, you know? Yes. Um, Like I opened a bottle of champagne at our little Airbnb last night and I was like, yeah, I was a bottle service person. And half the team was like, what? And I was like, yes, y'all like four years ago. (laughs) But I think the question is also about like energy sustainability, like how to sustain your energy. Yeah. Which money is definitely a form of energy. And that's so important because... We live in America. We got to pay these bills. Absolutely. We got to pay these student loans off. (laughs) So for me, that has been a really big journey around like noticing how to intentionally keep my energy in the place that it needs to be in order for me to hold so much space for people, you know? So the first three years, honestly, was all about the community. And so I got away from my own practices that really brought my energy to the place that it actually needed to be because I was like, yay, black girl at home, it's like taking off and like all these amazing people are stepping in and becoming yoga teachers and healing themselves and like learning about and uncovering the things that they've been, you know, having blocks around and so I was so excited about everyone else. And then as I shared during meditation earlier, today, there was definitely a shift as I stepped into 2018 around recommitting to myself in a really radical way, returning to all the practices that I initially started years ago that led me to Black Girl Gnome, you know, so it was that return too. And then you can't just return, you got to maintain that return. So it was like, I'm still in that, you know what I mean? But me moving to LA and deepening into spending time with nature literally every day. Dijanae is smiling because she's my LA girl. Um, deepening into nature, spending hours literally in the morning with myself and with my ancestors and with my God. That does not something that's also easy. You know what I mean? It's like, of course I could immediately hop onto email and start responding to Slack and start getting invoices out so I can get paid and start figuring out how I'm going. You know what I mean? Like all those things that definitely always is like calling me. And I certainly have certain weeks where I'm in flow with the spiritual work, the wellness rituals way more than others. You know, like all this, all the things that we've been planning this whole weekend, the annual yesterday, all the things today, the expansion tour, like it's been a really big and beautiful test of like, how committed are you going to stay? Because that's about trust too. I'm going to trust that in investing this time in myself and in God, that I will be divinely then equipped to handle all of the work. You know what I mean? It's trusting that if I do that, rather than only 
grinding all the time to use that word that someone else used like that grind that I will be divinely equipped. And it's not, it, that's not about me. That's relinquishing, like that's surrendering to being like, God, I'm going to trust that if I spend yeah. this time pouring into me, that you're going to equip me to still handle the business. We think that we can be super women and that's actually a toxic belief also an inherited belief because we have been laborers for centuries emotional girl <laughs> physical it's a lot yeah all angles yeah so sustainability for yourself looks like it looks very unique depending on what your belief systems are you know like so if i believe like Dion and I, like she said before, we're both, we both have workaholic tendencies, you know? And so because I know this and because I'm committed to wellness and because I'm committed to wellness for the collective, I actually have to actively resist that. So that looks like, again, not checking my email right away, not turning my phone on. You know, I usually like have my iPad on at night because I listen to white noise when I sleep, but I turn my phone off at night. And then I have to force myself not to turn it on in the morning until after I get in from my walk or my run. Because if I do, I know I'll get sucked on the rabbit hole. And I know that getting sucked on the rabbit hole, you know what I mean? It's like X, Y, Z. It's like discipline from a place of abundance, not from a place of fear or like punishment. You know, it's like I'm disciplining myself and I'm cultivating these boundaries because this is quite literally what allows me to give to my purpose and give to my community. That's good. Anybody else? Yes, over here. Hello, my name is Anitra and I'm a big Dion like Stan, so I tune into the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I tune into the podcast like, you know, weekly from Oakland. So just know that like I'm a big fan of you and so happy to meet you in person and have you here. I was uber yeah. excited when I it was announced that she was the guest speaker for today. Um, I had a question about something you mentioned around being an advocate for yourself and like self-advocacy. And I think as black women who whether it's, you know, just being a, a better advocate for ourselves as we're thinking about expansion, whether it's bringing a new project to fruition or, you know, asking for more money at work or if you are getting projects off the ground, really tapping into your community to get the support you need and not feeling like you're doing it in loan or in isolation. So I'm curious if you could say a little bit more about your journey around self-advocacy and being able to show up in spaces and ask or sort of demand what you're worth. Ooh, girl. You're good at this. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say. I went, I remember vividly when we met, I was telling you things to do a few years back. And then you were like, Lauren, you got to do this. And I was like, yeah. teach me. Yeah. Girl, I don't play. I don't play. Honestly, because I think that I always think of things from like a grand scheme. I think about how the, the way people treat black people. And I just be like, you ain't about to treat me that way. Like, that's what you're not going to do. And I also feel like. I have to set the tone because I feel like black women deserve the absolute best. So in me showing up for myself, I'm showing up for other people. It's hard for me to think about myself without thinking about other people because I'm like, this thing isn't just going to benefit me. It's going to show these brands and these organizations that you can't come to us incorrectly. So like self-advocacy to me is about showing yourself your love language, right? Affirming yourself, giving yourself time, personal time, and just other things like that. And so... I believe in my value as a person and I try to, I'm not 100% successful at this every single time, but I have to always remember like my value comes from God. So when I walk into a space, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say to take that away from me. You know, so I kind of come in already assured that this is what I'm worth. I know that I can contribute this and that I'm brilliant and I'm a genius because if I wasn't, you wouldn't be calling me no way. So I think that kind of showing up with that, confidence is like super important and I feel like 
well, at least in my cases, people actually respect it. And I am very like unapologetic about talking about black people and capitalism and things like that when I'm in meetings. Because I, I have people come to me and they say, you know, Dion, we want you to do this, that, and the third, and like all this going on. And I tell them, I say, you know, I don't really partner with people who I feel like don't value me. And I tell them all the ways that I want to be valued. And it's like, if you don't respect that, wh- why are we even communicating? And so it's not even just about self-advocacy, but it's also about educating. And I feel like when black Black women educate, it's just on a whole new level. So I feel like we have to educate. Well, I'm not going to say we have to, but I feel like it's necessary for me to so that they can know whenever they step to another black woman how to approach them. And so when it comes to my community and like getting their support, I think that believing in your vision is so important because if you don't believe in your vision, no one else does. And I know that I can confidently ask for your support because I'm asking for this for a reason. You know, I don't do anything without intention. And so I'm not necessarily the most, uh, marketing is not my gift. And she knows this. I don't, girl, what? I mean, I need to get better at it, but I just don't. If I have something coming up, I wait to the last minute or I just be like, well, I'm just wing it. I'm just queen of finessing. But I can't do that, you know, especially now being a leader. It's like I have to be more active around like getting community support and things like that. So believing in my vision, knowing that what I'm doing is going to essentially benefit and serve a community outside of myself, it helps me to not be afraid to ask for that support. And then once again, with the brands and organizations, self-advocacy is a form of radical self-love. And it's like, Dion, if you're not doing that, you are shrinking because you're letting somebody come in and tell you what you should be getting. And God already told you what you should be getting. You know what I'm saying? You can go in and negotiate, whoop de woo de woo but don't walk in feeling like they're going to add to your value because they're not going to add or take away anything because I've already given it to you. So I come in with my head high, and that's essentially how I like to self-advocate. That yeah. was phenomenal. Everything you said, truly. Um, I think that goes back to trust, trusting your journey too. That there's nothing that could, you know, my best friend always says this, nothing that is for you can be taken from you. So if you remember that, and if you have radical self-love for yourself and you continue to have respect for everybody, you can't fail. I don't think you can fail. And in terms of self-advocacy in the wake of perhaps like disrespect, I'm thinking about something that came up when I was on retreat in Bali. Carlene, you might remember this, but one of our sisters, Nicole, just she's a phenomenal actress and human. She told us this crazy story of, you know, just racism per usual happened and popping it off in the workplace. And um, a tool and a kind of response that she has for when someone is clearly coming at you crazy was she says... I know that you were taught to believe that I am inadequate, but I know that I'm not. And allowing that to then set the tone for how you can move forward in conversation with someone. (laughs) Because if someone receives that, it just shows them what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully y'all can just then have a conversation from there. So I've had that in my little toolkit. I praise God that I haven't been able to or had to use it yet, but I'm ready. No, I lo- <laughs> I'm very ready. Yeah, I love that. That's such no? a beautiful way to show up for yourself because a lot of times, you know, we show up for other people. Like, you even talk to her this way? Girl, you have, to do the, you have to be the same way for yourself. And especially when people try to come and intimidate you, especially black women. I'm like, do you not see me? Do you not know my glory? Do you not see my light? I ain't finna play with you. And that's, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> that was a phenomenal question. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that. One more, and then I think we'll wrap and mingle and kiki for a little bit. (laughs) Awesome. I knew there was one more. I felt it. 
Um, something that resonated with me was how you talked about joy in the beginning of introducing yourself. Um, joy as an artist and as a person. I would love to hear how you practice joy and what you've learned from practicing joy. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. This is, that's such a great way to end this conversation, this magical conversation. For one, I feel like joy is a gift from God. Because it is a gift from God and I'm his child, it is my birthright to have that. And also, it's like I have access to it at any given time. And so I have to always remember that like joy is not something that I have to go out and get. I personally have joy in Christ. And that there's also a peace that's like a byproduct of that as well. And so how, how do I cultivate joy? Wow. For one, I think that like, I have a list of things. I write down things that make me the happiest. Things where I just feel like where my spirit is free and I'm just feeling like I'm on top of the world. And I try to make sure that I do at least one of those things a day because I deserve to, because I spend so much of my time giving myself to other people and pouring into other people. So I'm like, Dion, you know, you have to do something for yourself. So, you know, whether that's me watching Rugrats, which I still love because it brings me joy, you know what I'm saying? Or eating a box of Golden Grahams, which is trash, but it's so good. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oreos. Oh, ooh, you know that's my weakness. Like, <laughs> Just so y'all know, most of the episodes of the podcast, we were eating Oreos in the studio. Yes, we did. First of all, remember we, we were at that, uh, we were eating McDonald's that one time. This is a long time ago. We don't do this no <laughs> more. This is a sidebar. But y'all, we were looking so suspect. We were at the airport, hadn't eaten, and of course McDonald's was there, and we were like, girl, yes. We were like eating Didn't in the get corner. Caught. And then five minutes later, of course, we regretted it. Absolutely. But that McGriddle was hitting and it was, wow, it was great. Um, <laughs> I love that we just confessed this right now because we held on to it for years. We did. <laughs> we was like, girl, I wish somebody would. Aren't you, don't you represent black girl in home? That would have been so embarrassing. What? But ooh, but anybody who eat McDonald's, girl, eat that enjoy. That is not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to take away anybody's, you know, experience of happiness if it's mcdonald's boo do you wow you know you gotta see okay um but (laughs) back Um, to what brings you joy yes back to what brings me joy this brings me joy being around my people people who accept me and who affirm me and who love me and who also hold me accountable those are things that bring me joy and also i would just kind of say Knowing that there is nothing that I can or can't do to make God stop loving me, you know, or make him love me any less. I think having that type of fuel, having that like affirm me is like that drives me the most because I feel like I can do anything. I feel like I can I can fly. I can dream. I can do whatever knowing that I'm loved because that's all we want at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like when you have love, you also have joy. And I feel like I said earlier, joy is your birthright. And even when it comes to healing and what I'm doing with the body at home for love, I'm like, there's no point of this is if nobody's going to end up more joyful you know, and one of the things that I said on a previous podcast was like, if your story doesn't end in joy, it's not over because that's the truth. I know that we're resilient and we're all these things, but it's just like, sis, like you deserve to experience life in a way that makes you feel like, you know, like you're in a euphoria. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like black women and especially with what black girl and I'm doing and what I'm doing and what other black women are doing is we're creating spaces for more joy to happen. So Girl, I don't even know if I answered your question, but (laughs) um, joy is just all around me. And I think that gratitude is a way to cultivate that. Like, I try to wake up every day. Oh, I do this thing. I don't know if you guys listen to Lisa Nichols. 
She's amazing. She is amazing. Lisa Nichols and Miles Monroe, they are absolutely phenomenal. So if you don't listen to them on YouTube while you're driving, whatever. Um, but she talks about this thing that she does in the mirror where she, she wakes up and she says, you know, Lisa, I am proud of you for X, Y, Z. Lisa, I forgive you for X, Y, and Z. Lisa, I will show up for you in X, Y, Z. And then Lisa, something else. But it's essentially you use your name <laughs> and you kind of go through that. And being able to do that, like saying I forgive myself for X, Y, and Z makes me feel like I can release... I can release that because I feel like joy is also the absence of weight. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I think about God and, and how he says, you know, I will make your burdens light. We're not supposed to walk around, like I said earlier, everything is coming full circle like bag ladies, like release that weight. And so much women, like black women in general, we just normalize carrying that weight. And it's just like, the thing is, that doesn't add to your value, sis. It doesn't make you any better. It makes you heavier and it makes you more miserable. When you're light, when you're packing light, you help in, empower other women to walk light too. Because that girl, I want some of that joy. I want some of that light. I want some of that aura that you got. And I feel like when you're able to truly immerse yourself in the joy that you have access to at any given time, you show other women that they have access to it too. So yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say around that. Thank you for that question. That's so phenomenal. That's Thanks, so beautiful. Girl. You're so affirming. You're so always like, girl, that's a great. Oh, my really? God, that's a novel. Girl, that's an Emmy Award winning response. <laughs> I, I love it. Again, you're an inimitable speaker. So, Thank you. you know? First of all, it's inimitable, in but it's all good. I'm going to let you slide. Okay. <laughs> I have my own way of saying you things. You too, and it was real cute too, though. <laughs> so we're going to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> what I wanted to say, what came up for me was how much I loved you sharing basically uh, a definition for joy, right? The absence of weight. And certainly it means other things to you as well. Um, I think it's really key, and this has become my practice ever since working with this phenomenal person that I mentioned before, Paris. She has a platform called Do the Healing Work. She supports us in um, ancestral healing and connecting with your highest self, knowing what she looks like, etc. And one thing that was a game changer for me around the past few months months was saying certain words and noticing how I felt with yeah, that word, right? So if you hear joy in this room and you're like, I don't even know what that means for me, guess what? You just got more aware and that's good. For me, she was having me say happy and notice how that felt. I literally said it for a whole week and I noticed and I realized that I actually had a very neutral reaction. If anything, it was like a negative reaction. And I was like, why do I feel not I was essentially out of alignment with what happy should bring up, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's different for everybody. And I don't like to say should. Like, if I feel happy, I want to feel happy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And then I actually realized that joy carried more weight for me. And I think that's because for years I was cultivating literally a party that focused on black joy. So I was like, joy is for black folk and like happiness is for white people. That's literally something I started to think in my brain. But then that gave me the power to create a definition, so again, if you're in here and you're like, joy doesn't mean a thing to me or like that feels out of access, get clear on like why that is. What are the stories? What are the experiences that you've had that have led for that? And then literally create a definition. I created a definition for happiness for me so I could be very clear on what it meant for me and that when I hear happy, I know what it means. So for me, like what I define as happiness is the joy that comes from walking in alignment for me. So that's what happiness means to me. Because sometimes when you walk in alignment, it actually doesn't feel good, but it's necessary. But for me, it's like the joy that comes from walking in alignment. Those moments of like, yes, yeah. you know? So if Dion's definition of joy resonated with you, it certainly did for me. <laughs> Literally write that down. I think it's important for all of us who are, again, journeying our lives with intention, seeking to always be growing and unfolding and healing, to be very clear about the words that we say and the resonance that they carry and why they carry those resonances and creating definitions for 
the things that we do want to be naming and calling in, but currently it feels it feels off. You know? Ooh, you said something about joy and happiness, and I used to use those interchangeably. And I was talking to a friend, and he was just like, you know, happy happiness sometimes is contingent upon what's happening in your life. And I was like, dang, that makes sense, right? Like, why? Like, if I got a gig, or what? I don't even know, like, or if I went to to Six Flags, which I didn't go last weekend, and I was so upset. But you know, things that happen, it kind of makes you happy. Whereas joy, it's kind of like a commitment to a state of being, regardless of what your circumstances look like. So. Think about joy just kind of being like, I'm committed to being in a state of gratitude at all times, regardless of what's happening around me. Because happiness, it can come and go. Whereas joy is kind of more so of like a permanent type of state of mind that you kind of want to cultivate within your life period. So I just kind of wanted to add that tidbit. That's a beautiful place to land. Yeah. Thank so you. Thank you all for joining. Let's give it up for Dion. <laughs> thank you. And just a note about a couple things. The expansion tour is coming to a close, at least in this iteration, next Sunday in New York City. So if you have any friends in New York City, tell them to come through. Rachel Cargill is going to be the special guest. We're going to be talking about abundance and rest. And we've had several phenomenal women on this tour. So Carleen Graham Perry in the back. She kicked it off with us in D.C. Yes. (laughs) We talked about manifestation. She is a pro. (laughs) So if any of you are like, I don't I got to get myself together. You can talk to her. She's offering a really phenomenal manifestation retreat for women of color in Peru in a few months. And so literally talk to her if you're like, I need to get myself together at the top of the year. It's in January, right? Yes. And do you have anything coming up that you wanted to share about as well? I will just say this. Be sure to follow The Body of Home for Love on Instagram. And from there, you will be blessed. And you'll be in the know about things that we're kicking off for 2020. So, yeah. And if you would like to support or if you're also a wellness practitioner and you, you know, specialize in helping survivors or trauma survivors or you just want to support because you just love what we're doing and you're an ally, please reach out to us. Our email is definitely on Instagram. Or you can go to our beautiful website, thebodyofhomeforlove.org. But just stay connected. And if you want to financially support, because we are a nonprofit, so we're, you know, raising funds from the community and from supporters. You can just let me know and you can come talk to me. I'll be over there. But I just want to say thank you guys for allowing me to share space with you all and for being active listeners and just for sharing your energy with me because I felt it and I felt very welcomed and loved and I really appreciate that. So thank you. Black Girl and Ohm creates space for women of color to breathe easy. Thank you so much to India Jordan, our audio engineer who made sure today's episode sounded fantastic. Thanks to Kali B for the amazing music at the top and the end of the show. Valerie Titus Glover, your continual support of our podcast through digital strategy, getting up our podcast audio descriptions and more is so forever something that we cherish. 
our community. Wow, y'all are so phenomenal. We couldn't do this show without you. And I want to encourage all of you who are super fans of the Black Girl Mom podcast, the guests on our show, and the topics that we cover to head on over to www.patreon.com slash blackgirlandown. You'll find out how you can get access to exclusive clips, bonus audio, and more behind the scenes of what we have going on here, as well as the ability to chime in and give your input to what you want to see here on the Black Girl on Podcast. So head on over and check it out. Thanks, y'all.